You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back again, once again, to Locked On Browns, continuing with our post-draft coverage. We're going to get to a little more details today. Also, maybe is there anything else left for Andrew Berry and the front office to get established? Your host, Jeff Lloyd. Uh, Make sure you're listening, of course, Odyssey, uh, Spotify, as we continue to wait for the iTunes issue to resolve itself. Today's Locked On Browns is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We're going to sit down here today uh, with uh, one of the fantastic members of the Orange and Brown Report, Mr. Lane Atkins. Uh, we're going to go into a little post-draft uh, coverage here before Lane gets himself a nice uh, hibernation here in the next few days or so, give himself a nice relaxation from the draft season. Lane, how's everything going, sir? Hey, Jeff. How you doing today? We're doing okay. We're doing okay. Uh, you know, coffee hasn't hit yet. We're a little slow, but you know, hey, man, we just got to do what we got to do. Um, I think yeah. Lane. One of the first things I took away from Thursday night in the first selection was the patience of General uh, Manager Andrew Barry. Um, again, I just want to say how I I feel. All you know, twenty five other teams were kind and gracious, and <laughs> you know, left something on the table for the Browns to align with perfectly. Uh, little thoughts on that pick. Was there you know, any, but anything else pressing at the time? Did the Browns feel maybe the need that they were going to have to move up at all? Or was it just like it seemed like it played out, the scenario just played out perfectly for them? I mean, the scenario played out very well for them. They There was some apprehension as the players started coming off the board. They were working and you know, trying to get themselves positioned if they had to move up into the early 20s to make a move on a corner. Uh, Greg Newsom was a guy that they really liked. Uh, obviously, they didn't wasted no time in taking him at 26. Really considered moving to get him at 21. Uh, but yeah, they were. There was some tense moments there because they just weren't sure what was going to happen after you got through the Tennessee pick. So they got their guy. They're happy. Uh, as they should be, you know. And again, you know, Greg Newsom, you know, meets almost everything you're looking for. Uh, obviously, you know, the age is a plus. Uh, the length is a plus, the size is a plus. Uh, and of course, you know, having members of the Browns front office and coaching staff talk about the fact is really difficult to get a player with that much collegiate production at mm-hmm. that young of an age, you know, uh, so that, you know, all aligned up there. Um, day two, the beginning of night two is when it kind of got really interesting. Uh, now, you know, Jeremiah Wusu koromoa was a player that had been talking about possibly in round one, not just for the Browns, but for, you know, certainly many other teams. Um, truly brings a uniqueness in the fact that he can just do so many things. Extremely versatile player. Uh, I know there were a lot of fans going into night two where it was, oh, wow, this would be great. Could it possibly happen? And then it got to the point of, you know, striking distance lane. And, you know, from going from, you know, 59 to 52, they were able to make that jump. Take us a little bit, you know, through the thought process. You know, making the move was relatively inexpensive for them when you think about it. But it it was an interesting thing. A guy that was a legitimate first-round talent target, um, player that was slipping for, you know, a couple issues. You know, one, some medical that really hasn't proven to be true. 
And secondly, there were teams that thought of JOK as more of a guy, that, a specialty guy that could play a certain role in a certain type of defense. And what it came down to is he was the perfect fit for the for the Browns defense. So when you got into the second round, the Browns had they had they put the wheels in motion. They figured he, they had the intel. They knew he was going to fall some. They just didn't know where it was going to go. When they got into the 40s, early 40s, there was some real concern, and they had talked to a couple teams about a move. The patience was the virtue with this thing with Andrew Barry. He he. They stayed firm. He stayed committed to what they do. They don't expend capital until they feel really feel they need to. What they ended up finally getting to the point was is that they felt they had to get in front of Pittsburgh to land JOK. This was the guy that was the consensus guy for them within that front office at that moment to make this deal happen. And what they did is that they jumped on the opportunity and they have they landed arguably two guys that are near mid first round potential and Greg Newsom and JOK. And they got these guys at 26 and 52, which just led to another outstanding draft for Andrew Barry and the Browns. It just, you know, we, we had talked, you know, in year one, obviously, you know, they did, they tried to do all they could as far as, you know, you know, getting talent for the defense. Uh, it proved to not, you know, be enough um, this year. I would say it's almost a, a polar opposite of what they've done for that defensive side of the ball, not only through free agency um, and the work that they did here, uh, you know, through the draft and just adding more. There is so much more length to this defense now, which hopefully, you know, will take away and you know, avoid the possibility of having to, to call up players from the practice squad to start playoff games. Uh, Lane, now this one was, you know, for me was, one of my favorites. I love the guy. I, I am always enamored by just the absolute speed freak, speed demons. Um, and so much had been said about, you know, how the Browns offense last year essentially was operating within a box and was limited due to the fact that there was just not somebody with even you know really good speed before right. we even get to elite speed. But this is something that Anthony Schwartz certainly brings to this fold. You know, a really interesting guy. I mean, a true four-two-five guy who who just he can burn. You know, and it's not it's not long speed. This is just immediate world-class speed that he's going to get on top of you. He's, he's going to stretch a defense. You know, you're not looking at a guy that's going to be on the field fifty plays a game. I mean, you may see him fifteen plays, but you know what it's going to do is that it's going to give you that that potential. You're going to see a lot of goes on, on the, with this offense. It's just the way it's going to be. But what it does is that it's his speed, if you him, you can if you get an, a healthy OBJ back, it's going to work wonders for everything underneath for this team. You know the days of this offense being squeezed where your quarterback has to throw in tight windows and just be just as precise as you can be. It, those days can be gone if if Schwartz can develop into that guy that he's a legitimate threat because they're going to have to roll coverage. You're not going to be able to double everybody. It's 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 a potential game changer, and what he does is that you can look at something that's going on in Kansas City. There, there's a speedy guy, I believe, was number ten, who is <laughs> you know, pretty adept at you know jet sweeps and all all kind of things. It just brings a dynamic to the Cleveland offense that was missing a season ago. And it does seem funny, and you know we're talking about this player, you know, number ninety-one overall selection, third round pick. Um, but he comes onto the field, and you know I've reiterated this and told this with you know, a couple others on the podcast and other shows I've done is that's going to be the one where secondaries are adjusting, or secondaries are, are, are going to talk 
Like, all right, well, because I can't be lined up with this guy because if I'm lined up with this guy, this isn't going to work out. So he could come on in the field literally as the fifth option, and he's going to be the guy that, you know, the secondary is going to be the most concerned with. It just four two five lane just speaks for itself. I mean, absolutely. I mean, speed speed is the, the greatest equalizer, and speed creates disadvantage. And we're going to see some interesting concepts develop in Cleveland here in 2021. Oh, I'm excited, Lane. And just the, the thought of where it went last year to where um, it could be headed for this year uh, you know, on the offensive side of the ball and just keeping in mind now that everybody is just so much more in unison and so much more in lockstep with each other, uh, you know, the potential for this offense, even though minor, the most minor of moves have been made, uh, could lead to, you know, a, 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 a bevy of more success in 2021. We're going to get back to a little bit more here with Lane Atkins from the OBR on your latest Locked On Browns. Hey, Cleveland Browns fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now, and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever produced with key ingredients to help you get back in shape. Absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231-231. Again, that's DRAFT to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. There's a reason Nugenics has been the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC for years, and it's simple. It works. Lane, day three, and I would say some of day three for me was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, I think maybe it got a tad bit, you know, off the rails as far as, you know, what we have in this short time have grown accustomed to. Um, you know, Hudson, Togiai, obviously these are players, you know, brought in. There will be roles for them. Maybe their roles are more in 2022 than they are in 2021. Uh, but take us through here the thought process. Obviously, you know, we have mentioned that th- there could be some shifting in this offensive line, not for this season, uh, but maybe after this season. So you get a player who's kind of got a little bit of a nasty attitude. Togiai, nice mix of athleticism and strength. Some thoughts here on, you know, some of the players brought in on day three. I mean, you look at a guy like Hudson, you know, arguably on some people's uh, evaluations was between the seventh and tenth rated offensive tackle it's interesting he's a former defensive lineman he, he plays with that type of mentality and aggression he's he's a clubber man he's just got heavy hands his feet feet are pretty good he gets himself off balance a lot he gets in front of himself but you know that does the type of things that it's going to happen when you from that level to the level you're going now when you're not that elite guy or you haven't had that elite coaching you need to look at a guy who's getting the thumbs up by one of arguably one of the best two offensive line coaches in football and Bill Callahan. And if Bill Callahan gives you a thumbs up to go with this guy, then, you know, this is the guy that you bring along and you develop him, And he's going to be one of them guys. I always talk about that now and later thing. He's not going to be a now guy. He makes a team, but he's going to be a guy that could play a role later, especially with what's going to come with the Browns offensive line. When we start talking about dollars and cents and contracts. So it's, you know, it's, it's a sensible thing to do, especially if they see that, that ceiling in him. Uh, Tommy T from Ohio State, arguably the, the best Ohio State 
defensive player the second half of the, the 2020 season for them. Him and Justin Hilliard, uh, tough, physical, strong. He's, he can be exceptional when he gets off quicker than the opposition. He can handle the point. Uh, strong guy. He's going to need a little bit of time. Guy, you know, he's going he's gonna to end up making this roster, and he's another one of those gets a later type of guy for this team, especially when you look at, you know, their starting defensive tackles are both on one-year contracts, and you don't know what's going to happen after 2021. So it's, it's a guy that you can be excited about just by watching the tape, especially what he did over the second half of last year. Now, you know, later in day three, the remaining picks, um, there's ways you can go about this. I mean, you can gamble on you know, maybe younger athletic prospects without a ton of experience. Mm-hmm. The Browns didn't necessarily go that route. They went with players who didn't necessarily meet the athletic threshold, but had a lot of experience. So maybe the thought process there is understanding that, you know, we're talking about, you know, 50, 51, 52, 53, you know, in regards of, you know, making this roster. But whether it's a Fields, a LeCount, or a Felton, uh, through the athletic process, none of them tested great or off the charts. But these players have all played. They've got a lot of experience. And I'm thinking, Lane, that might have been some of the thought process here, is if they take you know some players with some inexperience, some players who may be younger, it may have done a disservice putting them in this situation for you know battling for a roster spot so early in their career when they were coming into the NFL Green, I mean, Fields obviously played a ton at Arizona and West Virginia. LeCount, obviously, a lot of important games and big games in his career at Georgia. And Felton, Felton is just the weirdest anomaly there probably is in this draft uh, due to the fact that he, he was another one where the, you know, the, 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 te- the pro day went terrible. He was mm-hmm. considered the fastest guy down in Mobile. And you turn on the tape and it looks like there's a lot more juice to this guy um, than maybe essentially came out of his, you know, pro day out in Hollywood. And that's the thing. If you look at him, if you watch him on, on tape and you're wondering how do these guys sit here as late as they were in the draft? I mean, and, and how did they have the pro days that they have? I mean, LeCount, you can understand he was in a, he was in an accident. He's, he still wasn't a hundred percent when he tested and he, he had a bad testing. It was bad. I mean, he ran bad. He tested bad. A highly recruited guy who played a productive role for Georgia and, and played very well at times, played average at times, but the type of guy that you watch on tape and you just, you kick yourself back and you're going like, I don't see that what he tested. So he's a guy that you take that, that shot on because he can be the end of the roster type guy. That's going to help you in a position that there really are questions after those first three, when you get to a guy like Felton, again, I, the testing just didn't equal what you see on tape. I mean, the guy that you can move all over your offensive set, I mean, terrific feet and vision and balanced. And he's, he can just, he can run. He can do a lot of different things, you know, and interestingly, you get him, you get him in the sixth round and you're talking about a team that could use a guy like this. So you can move him in the slot. You can have him coming out of the backfield. You can do all kinds of different things, especially in a return game. And I mean, in Cleveland, you know, there's no absolutes on what's going to happen in the return game. Jojo Natson was injured a year ago. They re- they brought him back for a season. You know, that role that they envisioned with him could go go to the wayside with an Anthony Schwartz addition. The return game thing could go to the wayside with an addition like Felton, who has shown to be, he can be a dynamic 
it's an interesting thing that the Browns did when you just don't look at testing and you actually went and looked at the film, worked the film, and trusted that evaluation process. Yeah, for me, that was it was certainly like it, it differed. And everybody, and we're gonna get to this here in this next segment about, you know, maybe Andrew Berry in this analytic lens stepping a little bit out of just analytics and maybe starting to use, you know, some other football knowledge as well. But it, it definitely seemed that way. And it also seemed maybe more of, you know, understanding, hey, it's day three. Our roster, crazy as it seems for the Cleveland Browns, is really deep right now. We're not sure, you know, how much room we actually have and who we can actually add. Um, but it seemed almost more like some of these picks were, you know, more, you know, based on information reports from scouts, where it is, as you mentioned, Lane, it is more about the tape and, you know, versatility. You know, obviously all of these guys are going to come in with the intention of, hey, uh, the first opportunity, you know, to basically get your hay is going to be on the special teams, you know, special teams aspect. You show well there. God knows what happens, injuries, whatever. Um, then maybe the pecking order can change. You can climb up a little bit. Um, but, you know, guys who are a little bit older than the norm that an analytic uh, group would like, but understanding that these guys have a ton of experience. So coming in, it shouldn't be so bright lights, big city when these guys get to training camp. Right. I mean, that's exact, absolutely the synopsis of the whole thing. I mean, you're talking about guys that, you know, they've been there and done that at different levels and you have a less worrisome aspect of a guy coming in the training camp being a 21 year old who maybe has relatively less experience than some of these guys. And another example that we didn't talk about with Tony Fields, I mean, this guy's just, he's like, he shot out of cannon, everything he does on the playing field. And a guy that, you know, that at the very least, he's going to be, he's going to be a special teams demon on a, a special teams that lost some talent. Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely correct with what you said there and what they did. They, they went outside of the norm or what everybody believes is that their philosophy has to be. And it's, it's interesting to see that they actually went and selected guys based on what they saw on tape and didn't hold everything against the process due to poor testing. Uh, and now I guess what you would say is probably you're seeing the growth of now of, you know, this front office and, you know, feeling a little bit more confident in what they see and what they do and being, a, you know, the ability to, you know, step outside of yourself and being more, open and, you know, understanding of different views and different viewpoints, which led, I mean, look, these guys could all turn out to be, you know, solid players, maybe not stars for the Browns in the years to come. Um, but it may have been better than just taking an athletic gamble and putting someone in a situation where maybe they just weren't ready for it. And speaking of anomalies, as far as this Browns front office, we're going to get to that in just one second with Lane Atkins from the OBR here. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online. This week has tons of sport action on the go as the NFL draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Whether you are a professional or a do-it-yourselfer, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are remarkably low. They will not change their prices based on what the market will bear, similar to the airlines do. RockAuto.com, again, is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. 
Best of all, again, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and are the same for you professionals or you do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know the folks at Locked On sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Speaking of stepping out of the analytic lens, Lane now tried to just sneak it in on Monday. You know, here's some undrafted free agents we signed. And holy moly, a player who has not physically taken an NFL snap since November of 2016 um, had his issues at Michigan State. Uh, certainly had his Michigan uh, his issues at in Seattle. Um, Lane, this is about as unanalytic as a move as you could probably you know see from a front office that likes to use the analytics. Some thoughts here. I mean, for me, there's just I mean, like it's trying to find not the red flag with Malik McDowell, and it's really really hard to do. Um, this is the biggest gamble of all gambles. Again, folks, I understand it does not mean much. He could be out of here in 72 hours. He could be here 72 weeks. Who knows? Uh, but the Browns pursuing a a once highly sought after athletic phenom who for the past five years has just not been able to get out of his own way. Well, you pretty much summed it up there. Malik uh, McDowell, I mean, he at one time was a just a – Phenomenal talent, displayed some some really great moments at Michigan State, uh, and couldn't get out of his own way. Got himself in trouble. Young guy, immature, you know. Got that paycheck, just went nuts. Got himself in a, got himself in a bunch of trouble, and it, it comes down to you know the Browns. They're a bad organization who they're so intrigued with these guys who are top quality talents at some point first and second round draft choice types that fail and they try to figure out why and they look at it and they investigate it and you know they they put a lot of value in saying hey there's a reason why these guys were rated and evaluated that highly uh so what happened what can we do to make this work um how can we take the chance on the cheap to see if this guy really does have it. You're talking about a guy who's never taken an NFL snap, really, and he hasn't played in, you know, four years. So you can only hope that the guy's in shape. Got to be, because they spent three months going back and forth, looking into him and, you know, having some talks. So they have to feel comfortable enough that he's in good enough physical condition, that his life is in a, a stable enough position or as stable as somebody from the outside can know about a guy. Yeah, just to see what he's got. You know, the leash is going to be about as short as you could ever see a leash being because this isn't that organization that just lets things ride forever. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's I don't do the moral thing. I have my personal feelings on what I, I feel about things like that, and I keep that to myself. This is football. Let's see what happens between the white lines. Let's hope nothing goes sideways here, and we'll see what this guy's got. That's all I can say. Um, and that'll be even the thing. I mean, because as you say, you know, between the white lines, we'll see if he can get there. I mean, just getting, you know, I mean, he's got his foot in the door. You know, the question is, you know, is how long can he actually keep himself around? And, you know, once he gets to the field, you know, look, shaking off, you know, almost five seasons of rust, 
is really, really difficult to do. And I was joking around the other day. Let's make sure he can get his equipment on right now after five <laughs> years and get himself out to practice because that's how long a layoff has been. Lane, when we spoke a week ago pre-draft and we had discussed, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody covering Browns, talking Browns, would have thought the amount of you know value and, and pieces put into the defensive tackles as opposed to edge. We were all talking, you know, defensive end, adding another pass rusher. Tax only here in a one-year deal. JD Jadavian Clowney is only here on a one-year deal. And the Browns, how did they counteract that? By, you know, chasing after a whole bunch of guys and making the interior room, defensive line room very deep. But again, I don't even know if we could even really even establish a pecking order in any way, shape, or form to this defensive tackle room yet. And I actually put it out on social media the other day who you know could end up being the best defensive tackle on the Browns in 2021. And I'm pretty sure I got about seven different answers. <laughs> oh, that's that's true. I mean, we're just looking at a lot of bodies, a lot of guys that have talent that, you know, you haven't really seen it at this level. A lot of young guys, you know, interestingly, do we there's a lot of edge talk and. You still have to look at the edge position and wonder what the game plan is there. I mean, I'm sure we're going to see some Malik Jackson out there too. You're going to see some Clowney out there. I mean, it's going to be curious to see what happens with Curtis Weaver. We were a guy that they absolutely liked a year ago, and you can say, well, you know, they didn't pick him for four rounds, and then the fifth round Miami took him. Well, sure, but the thing is, is that this is how the process goes. But you know, they wasted very little time on swiping him up when Miami tried to sneak him through when he was injured. And the Browns were more than willing to invest and let him sit here and get healthy, in which, you know, reportedly his foot and toe issues are much better, and he's done a significant amount of work in the offseason. So he's going to be a guy that's going to have a chance too. But the edge the edge to me is still just a big question mark. I mean, just as much as it is a defensive tackles on one-year deals, we're just going to see a lot of bodies here. We're going to see a lot of roles. We're going to see a lot of versatility. And I think it's going to be a mix and match of just putting – the best four together at one time and just rotate in and out and create as much havoc as they can. Uh, cornerbacks, another one. Uh, we all spent a ton, ton, ton of time talking the cornerback position uh, through the draft. They were, you know, they were obviously you know, able to draft Greg Newsom 26 overall um, in which was one of the deepest cornerback classes in recent memory. They only hit on the position once. Um, now, and you look at it, you know, I know they kind of like MJ Stewart, you know, people feel he has his flaws, but if you can find the ball, that's always going to ingratiate yourself, certainly to a coaching staff. Um, a lot of it based on, you know, greedy Williams and, you know, the health, which none of it we're going to know until he actually puts a body on a body and we see how his shoulder can handle it. Uh, the cornerback room lane, you know, I know a lot of, uh, a lot of listeners have asked, you know, Gary, uh, Gary Conley was a name that was, you know, possibly thought of as far as maybe bringing in. Um, you've just in another one, this would be similar to Malik McDowell. Hey, you were a former high round selection. Let's see what you got, young man. Uh, any, any types of move, anything you can possibly foresee coming cornerback wise, because it still looks today like it's a little bit light. Yeah, you mentioned MJ Stewart. I mean, also green is a guy, you know, they, they paid a, a premium price for as an undrafted free agent yes. a year ago that they liked to put, they saw of him in the practice squad. And, you know, how he handled himself, how he was willing to invest himself into becoming a better player. Didn't really get much of a chance in the couple opportunities that they have, but a the guy they do like. Uh, you know, it's interesting. You talk about Gary and Conley, uh, you know, a, a talented guy who's just 
that just never come together for him at this level. Ankle problems are, you know, one of the issues that have kept him on the sideline here in the free agency. We're talking about a guy who maybe want, wanted a little bit more than what some teams were willing to offer. That plus injury equals you sit on the side until you decide that you're going to play for basically the minimum. You know, you talk about a guy, Steve Nelson, that was released from Pittsburgh. He, he, he still wants big money, and you can see why he's still sitting there because a quality corner just doesn't sit unless there's something that just doesn't mesh when it comes to dollars and cents, especially in this offseason where the dollars went fast. Everybody's now looking for the for the small, short deal. You know, he's a, he's a guy that you always remain interested in. You got a Brian Poole that was with the Jets. He's still sitting out there who's a quality guy. Uh, but, you know, you can end up looking at this thing and you can say, hey, they're going to keep their ear to the ground, but you still have a guy like Troy Smith who can go outside. He can play outside if he has. I mean, Troy Hill, he can play outside if they need him to. They like to keep him inside. There, there's options here. And I still think we're going to see another body or so added to this thing before we get to training camp. Uh, no, of course. I have you know zero you know, thoughts on that. And interesting enough, you know, Gary and Conley talking about him, his basically one claim to fame in the NFL is he actually holds a pick six against Baker Mayfield. It wasn't on Baker Mayfield. It was obviously a drop pass, folks, um, that landed in Conley's lap. Uh, so you never know. Um, you know, and there's always work to be done. And I think that's the one thing uh, we know about this organization and about you know this front office is the work is never done. Um, every opportunity, they will explore it. They will exasperate it. They will analyze it until they feel, you know, they're either going to go in or they have enough information where it is just not the right path for them to, you know, basically head on down. Uh, Lane has been doing the pod tours, obviously, you know, pre-draft, post-draft. Uh, he's been all over and certainly thankful for Lane Atkins at his time. Uh, the gentleman over at the OBR, I, I cannot say enough good words. Um, bunch of great folks over there. They do incredible job. They do, you know, full detailed work. Uh, always a pleasure dealing with anybody over there. And of course, you know, Lane himself as well. Uh, the show uh, locked uh, Make sure you're following Lane, obviously, the real L- LA. Uh, the show, again, iTunes still having its issues. Spotify, uh, Odyssey is a fantastic app. If you haven't gotten to it yet, please go ahead, check that out. Uh, Five star ratings, written reviews, all of that great stuff. I do appreciate you all for, you know, all the accommodations you've had to make as far as changing how you can get to the pod. Um, for you guys doing that for me, again, I just, you know, I appreciate it. A ton. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.